Welcome to Behind Kentucky Football. I am Curtis Birch. On this edition of the show, we have Drake Jackson and Darian Cunard. Before we get to that interview, I'd like a quick ask. Please subscribe and share this podcast if you're a big Kentucky football fan. Got a lot of fun things coming soon, and the best way to stay up to date on all that is to subscribe to this podcast. So without further ado, here's that interview. Now joined on Behind Kentucky Football by Drake Jackson and Darian Kennard, UK offensive lineman. Thanks for joining us, guys. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you, man. It's a pleasure. How excited are you to get this uh, spring practice going? Well, we're excited. We had a good end of the season. We're excited to see how these young guys are progressing, get the team going for this upcoming season. Spring ball is a lot of fun. Get the pads going a little bit in the offseason. Uh, see what we can do. Uh, new plays, new guys in the rotation. That's a chance to get better. For sure, definitely agree about that, man. I mean, honestly, it's it's a nice little period of time where we could, you know, all improve ourselves and make ourselves better and just really compete with the guys. Yeah, it's a good time when, you know, you go through the season and then you kind of see where you are, things you got to work on, things you did really well, and you get, a, you get, you get about 15 practices to kind of work on that stuff before the summer starts. We got some good conditioning in, so we built up our strength a little bit, got back in the weight room. So we're excited to see how that kind of uh, – we can use that to transition onto the field here uh, before the summer starts and before we kick off the season. How excited are you to build off of what you guys were able to do last year? Well, I'm excited because we did so many things different last year in the run game. And we're, we're excited to see what we can carry over into this year uh, with running the ball. That's what we take pride in. And we return four out of five starters on the offensive line. Uh, we, we return starters everywhere on the field, really. So we're excited to see where we are, and uh, we're going to compete in offense versus defense. We're going to get better, and we're going to try to build our team up because I think we have a chance to do something special in 2020. I mean, I feel like it's a great time to really, you know, go out there, compete, like we said before. But uh, it was a great time, you know, to really have new plays and new, like, run schemes that we haven't really tried before, and it was just really cool to implement that and, you know, really put the workload on our shoulders and, you know, really – put people's trust behind uh, the blue wall, basically. So, you know, it's going to be fun to see what we can carry over, and hopefully that, you know, that workload stays the same or improves more because, you know, we want people to run behind us. We want people to, you know, feel comfort behind us. So we're going to keep busting our, busting our butt and continue improving. You mentioned big blue wall. Mm-hmm. How kind of cool is it to have a, a media <laughs> – push behind the offensive lineman a lot of the time you guys just have to do the dirty work and don't get a ton of the praise yeah so I remember since 2016 that season it's really cool to see how much the fan base how much the coaches how much the media appreciates what we do you don't see that a lot of other schools Um, I remember so as long as I've been here the offensive line has always been kind of in the forefront and they they kind of put the spotlight on us Um, and that's definitely picked up over the years because that's how we've won games, running the ball, controlling the clock, playing great defense, uh, playing efficient, not turning the ball over. And so we do take a lot of pride in that, and we appreciate all the praise we've gotten. But like Coach Larman will tell us any day, it doesn't matter. It's a new season. we got new guys playing. So, But it, it's cool because we've built a culture of playing hard, playing physical, playing smart. And we've got guys that have developed so well. We've got guys that are probably going to be backups that could easily play and produce really well. So 
that give a lot of credit to the coaches for, for recruiting, developing, and building a culture of physical football and guys that are smart enough to handle the load that they give us? I mean, I think it's pretty cool, um, you know, that the media and everything's pushing us. I mean, it, it just makes us set a standard and a higher bar for the next season, you know, to really improve upon and make sure, you know, we keep that standard at least. And then we keep improving on that and, uh, you know, really show why we need the backing and should have the backing of, you know, the media and everybody behind us. Drake, I, I wanted to ask you to just, I don't know if people completely understand how good Darian is. And it's tough, you know, they explain, talk about how a lot of times people don't understand the position necessarily, and it, it's tough to explain a person coming from the outside. What is he able to do on the field that makes him so effective? You know, you look at, like, the, the pro football focus rankings. You were one of the top returning linemen uh, in the SEC. How is he that good? What, what does he do? I wish he wasn't in the room right now, uh, but uh, I'll, I'll give him some praise. <clears throat> when Darian got here uh, as a freshman, uh, it, it was mind-blowing to hear how much he weighed. Uh, all, of his all of his weight is in his legs, and he carries it well. But one thing he did was come in, and he learned really fast. He learned what we were doing. He gelled well with the guys on the field, and he did his job, and he plays – with great control, pass protection is unbelievable, powerful in the run game, and really, you know, we're looking for him to take the next step, and I've told him that. I'm sure a lot of people have told him that, but he's, you know, he's laid the foundation of where we see what he can do, and he's not just a run blocker. He's not just a pass blocker. He's a well-rounded offensive tackle who could probably play the left side, too, if we need him to. He could probably bump into guard if we need him to. He can't play center because only special guys can play center, but... <laughs> He does so many things well, and there's so many things he could also improve upon and make those things go through the roof. So, like I said, I hate giving him praise, but he does deserve it because he was one of our top-graded guys, and he proved that every week. So, we are, and really across the board, we've got guys that can, can compete in the SEC um, no matter who we're playing. So, it, it's not only us as individuals becoming better players, but us becoming better as a unit. And that's what you saw throughout the progression of last season. What has been able to make you take those steps forward that Drake was talking about? Honestly, uh, probably just the backing of everybody here. I mean, it's it's a big family bond, and you're with your family. You want to do the best for your family. So I've had, you know, Coach Schlarman. I've had Drake. I've had George, who is, you know, for the Giants right now. He's up there. I've had Bunchy. I've had a lot of other guys, like leaders, like Stenberg. You know, everybody everybody in this, like, unit and on this team is a family, and I feel like I need to do my best and push myself to become better for my family. So if I do better, my teammates do better, and we all, you know, but hopefully the end goal after a game, like, during a game is winning. So if I can do my best, I can play the best, I can give everything I got, then hopefully we, you know, all work together and all play our best, and we win. That culture, that accountability, how have you seen that progress over your guys' careers? here at UK? Well, it's it's been unbelievable where <clears throat> where Coach Slarman has been dealing with what he's got going on. There's times when, um, you know, he relies on us to kind of handle our stuff. And he's been a phenomenal coach for us. And what he's done is he's built up an expectation, a standard, and a culture in our room where we can handle stuff on our own. We've got guys that can lead the younger ones make corrections that we know Coach Slarman would make. We can put it in terms that Coach Slarman would say. So we, we see that where Coach Slarman has taught us to become kind of 
reflections of him to the younger guys. It's not just one coach in there. It's Coach Larman, and then it's a bunch of older guys that can kind of, you know, re- reiterate what he's saying. And and that goes for off-the-field stuff, too, going to class, going to your tutors, showing up to the weight room on time, ready to go. I think he's built up a room that gets the job done, I think. And that's really going across the whole team, too. The whole team's gotten better with that, but it kind of starts with us. We always have the least amount of class misses, tutor misses. We always show up to the weight room, and we get our job done. So <clears throat> he's made us better players, but he's made us better, you know, I guess student athletes as well, doing stuff right on and off the field. I mean, Drake basically hit the nail on the head. The only thing uh, I'd say that like we can't do, like Coach Lyman does, is, you know, have that energy and passion that he has being an offensive lineman. He has that pride that, you know, every offensive lineman coach should have. And he really, like, reiterates that. Every day he comes in with high energy. He, w- he wants us to give the best we got. And he sets that standard. He sets that bar. He's probably the reason why, you know, every day we go out there and bust our butt because he comes in the weight room. He comes in the uh, film room and is just has, has high energy, has high expectations, sets the bar. Oh, yeah, we make fun of him all the time. He comes in <laughs> eyes wide open, you know, hooting and hollering. And uh, we got to get him to lay off the caffeine a little bit, but no. he'll be all right. How do you guys hold each other accountable? Uh, you talk about, you know, building each other up. What are some examples that you do as teammates to make sure everybody's uh, doing their best? I don't think getting on guys and yelling at them, chewing them out is beneficial. It is to a point in certain situations, but I think just kind of setting the expectation, leading by example, and letting a guy know, hey, you're slacking, pick it up. And you don't have to harp on a dude for him to realize that because he's in a room with 15 other dudes that are doing it right. And that's pretty much all you need. So that's a great thing that our coaches have done is set a standard where the majority of guys are doing it right. And really, you don't even have to chew a guy out to make him feel bad. It's like, hey, look at all your teammates that are doing it right and are getting their job done, learning the playbook, hitting the weights hard, going to class. 99% of the dudes in his room are doing that now. Whereas years ago, it wasn't like that. So the coaching style has changed where it's, I don't want to say it's player-led, but it's definitely player-influenced a lot. There's nothing really to reiterate that, man. I mean, he hit the nail on the head. It's kind of what everything is. There's always a standard, always a bar. That There's always an expectation that we have as young men to do the job, and the bare minimum is showing up on time, being there, being attentive. That's the bare minimum, and you're not going to get anywhere. He reiterated a lot that – Going through life, just doing the bare minimum things will, you know, show showing up on time, being there a little early, making sure you're in a place where you need to be. It's just simple things like that that, you know, he reiterates a lot. Yeah, and uh, Darren came in when he was a freshman. We had a bunch of Stallings and Big George, Asafo, that were our seniors of leaders of our room, and that's how they handled it. Bunchy and George weren't chewing guys out. They were leading by example. And they were showing how doing stuff right could propel you on the field and make you better on and off. So, he, you know, I don't think Darren ever had to get chewed out by an older guy. He, he kind of came in with the understanding, okay, this is, how it, this is how it goes. And if I want to fit in with these guys, if I want to do well, I'm going to have to treat everything like the way they do. So we're trying to keep that rolling. I think we've got a good group of guys, older guys, that can get that done for us. Darian, along those lines, those young guys that are coming in mm. now, how are they reacting to the room, and what have you seen from those guys early on? 
I mean, honestly, we haven't spent too much time together right now, so it's hard to get, like, a complete reading of everybody. But, you know, just being there for the short amount of time, I've seen, you know, kind of the same thing that when I was a freshman. You know, everybody's attentive, everybody's focused, everybody's trying to improve their game. And if somebody wants work, they ask an older guy. I've been asked a couple times by a couple tackles. I know Drake's been asked to uh, get filmed with the young guys, too. Like, you, it's just kind of the same mentality, man. It's just like, if you want to get better, ask an older guy. If you want to get better, watch an older guy. You just older, older people lead by examples, and if you see someone that you think could improve your game, you're gonna ask them. We're not gonna be those selfish players who are like, "No, nah, you don't need you don't need help. Like, worry about it yourself." Now we're gonna all try to improve each other and make each other better. Yeah, these guys are hungry. I mean, especially in the old line room with Dion, Dion Buford, and John Young. Those guys are hungry and they want to learn. They want to get better. They want to do the things. They want to do things right. They want to see how we handle uh, our. The, the way we approach the game and I give a lot of credit to them. They've learned, they've been a sponge, um, especially uh, those two guys. So they've come in, they understand that there's a standard. That's the type of guy coach Larman is recruiting. He's recruiting guys that are great players, but also want to get better. And I've seen that a lot so far. Guys like Eli Cox, younger guys, uh, they're getting so much better because they want to get better. And the good thing is they've got guys to help them get better. And that's something that has changed over the years where maybe five years ago we didn't have that. But now we've got uh, a team that's willing to help each other out. I have, You know, you have no problem giving advice to a guy that maybe is your backup and because we're trying to make each other better. So, and like I said, that all comes back to the culture that the coaches have built and the guys that we've recruited. And part of that culture now is getting to the next level. We're recording here on uh, Thursday, the 27th. Logan is up at the Combine. I don't think he's done any, any lifting or put up any numbers yet. He was just during the inter- interview process. What What are you guys going to, A, miss about him, and what do you expect from him going forward in his pro career? What are we going to miss about him? <clears throat> I'm going to miss playing next to him. <laughs> he, he was such a dominant player, and he did his job. He He was smart where we communicated really well. And I know Darian played next to him a little bit uh, his freshman year. But Logan was a dude that worked hard in the weight room, came in as a two-star recruit, and realized that there was something special about him and played with a mentality that we want to continue to play with. He really set the bar high with that, (laughs) really high with that attitude he played with. And I expect that to transition well to the NFL because not only is he a natural blocker, but he, he's willing to put the work in in the weight room. He's willing to learn the playbook, and he's willing to, to go hard every play on the field. So I expect a lot from him. I think a lot of people do, and I think he does as well. I mean, not so much to speak on. His attitude was definitely, you know, the highest in the in the room. You know, every time he stepped on the field, you could feel his presence. Every time he hit somebody, had a combo, you knew he was there. Uh, I mean, he wasn't somebody you – really expected to not do their job. Every time you stepped on the field, he was one of those guys who basically did the job. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, If you want to play now on this team, you have to do your job. That's an mm-hmm. expectation. You're not just going to play because you're older. You're not just going to play because you had a higher ranking at coming out of high school. You're going to play because you do your job. You're going to play because you get good grades, because you show up to tutors, you show up to the weight room, and there's just a new standard. And because we can play those guys now, we can play the guys that do things right, we don't just have to play guys because because they're older <clears throat> or because, you know, other factors. Um, but, but it starts in practice, man. Like, if you don't show the coaches what you have in practice, he's not going to trust you to play in the game. Yeah, the best guy plays. That's really what mm-hmm. I'm saying. I'll let you, since I asked him, what makes Drake a, 
a special center? What is, allows him to play that position so well? I mean, what makes him special, man? He's very smart on the field, man. He He's always, you know, he has, like, equal vision. I don't know how the hell he sees some of the stuff he does, but he literally – I mean, I know it's because he watches a lot of film, but he puts in a lot of work watching film and talking to coach and making sure things are right on schemes and if he sees rotations, if he sees, you know, certain little niches in the defense that they do repeatedly and kind of picks up on. I mean, that's one of the things that make Drake's – it just makes Drake, like, so great as a center because he knows, you know, how things are going to go. Uh, just based on defensive alignment. And then as soon as he sees movement, he automatically knows how to make a call change, you know, change us uh, from blocking a double to, you know, getting off on each other or doing a team call. Like he's just he's just really smart in the way he approaches things. He just It's basically like playing chess, man. He, he just – he's on the board. He's going. Yeah, I, I understand that <clears throat> to get five guys on the offensive line going the right direction – Tight ends include sometimes. It, it's a hard thing to do, especially in our league where so many teams throw so many different things at you. I take a lot of pride in my preparation. I'm talking with Coach Slarman, understanding his uh, his thought process and trying to kind of work that into my own thought process. It's a hard thing to choreograph all these offensive linemen to get the goal the, to get the job done, and we've got a great system in place to help us do that. So I take a lot of pride in trying to master that system and get us in the right position every time. Because not only are we good blockers, but if you can get them on the right people in the right spot at the right time, then you can really build something special. And that's what you've seen over the years, With starting with John Toth. He was an incredible center. And I kind of tried to model my preparation after him. And that's where you've seen it benefit so much uh, over the years. The communication's obviously such a key. How do you guys build a good chemistry where you're able to communicate those calls in tough environments against great players. Oh, it's like a big game of phone, dude. Like, it's literally if if signals over there, man, the tackle gets the call, you signal it down. And if someone sees it, if, as long as we one of us sees it, we're going to echo the call and make sure somebody gets it. And, you know, when it's really loud, it's just kind of sometimes you have to just make a hand sign knowing, like, what the play call is. Yeah, and it helps, too, that I try to keep – and Coach Larman taught me this. I try to keep my communication consistent with, if we're running a specific play, I want to say the same thing over and over to where they know what I'm about to say when we get a certain look. And that's what coach, that's how he coaches us. Like our tips and reminders are yeah. worded the same every week. You can almost fill them in without a cheat sheet. Right. Because he's, he, he says everything to us the same way every time. We can finish the sentences for him. A lot of the time. So that's what helps us in communication when the environment is hard. It's loud, stressful situation like Virginia Tech at the end of the bowl game. That was a stressful situation. So my job is to to communicate, but these guys around me have done such a great job of learning on their own as well to where maybe they didn't hear me, but they know what I was going to say. So that's where we've built, and that comes through repetition. Yeah, there's been a couple times, you know, Drake has to turn his head to get the call to Logan, but I'll see his hand, his hand signal, and I'll just, me and Fortner will know, and then we'll communicate what we're mm-hmm. going to do, whether it's going to be a, you know, a fan out, fan in, whatever we got to do. So it's just kind of one of the cool things that we do is that we play with each other. We all bond together pretty well. So we just know based off, you know, Drake consistently doing the same signs, uh, making the same calls, like, when we're in those situations and we see something similar or familiar, we look at him to reassure our, you know, what we're going to do, and then we, we'd make the call. 
Yeah, chemistry is a big thing. Uh, that's not something that is ever, you can't overlook that, how important that is to have that natural communication, that unspoken communication that we can have. And it's worked out for us. And that's something we take pride in. And that's what's benefited us because we kind of all know each other's thought processes. You've mentioned the Virginia Tech game. I don't think I've gotten to talk to either of you since that win because it was so chaotic mm. afterwards. Mm-hmm. What, that drive, that win, getting that eighth W on the season, you're just memories of that that game overall. Man, uh, that last drive, what, was eight minutes and some change? I was tired. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I was, I was tired. I was gassed, man. But <laughs> honestly, uh, there was a couple times where there was two fourth down conversions, man. Oh, yeah. And when we got in those situations, it's kind of just those like, oh, man, you, you hone in on the moment. You don't worry about outside noise. You hone in on what you got to do and doing your job to make sure you have the best chance of getting that first down to continue keep the drive alive. So, like, those were some of the biggest, like, those two moments right there when Lynn rolled back out, man. I was, dude, it's it's all about strain. It's one of the biggest things we, you know, focus on as a lineman is straining, especially in pass blocking. And knowing we had to pass, it was, it was like just you were zoned in on the man you needed to be on and really focus on him. Yeah, that's a drive I'll never forget. I remember we started with quite a bit of time on the clock. It was like, what, 847, something like that? Yeah, we were pretty deep in our own territory. And yeah. I was like, man, if we score fast here, they might have a chance to score again. So I was kind of going through my, like, Madden and NCAA, like, <laughs> coaching thought process here. I'm like, do I want to take leave them too much time on the clock? But we drove down, and we did convert third downs, fourth downs. And it, 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 it gave us, like, a spark when you do that. Because that was a good defense. It was a great defensive coordinator that's been there for years. And it was really fun. I remember it so well. I mean, especially the last play. We had a timeout left. I can't remember how many seconds on the clock, but they called in a pass play, and I was like, really? What? <laughs> I was like, what? Because <laughs> I thought we'd maybe run it, then burn a timeout, and then throw to the end zone. But they called the pass play, and we kind of looked at each other like, really? We're going to throw the ball? Okay. And but That was the, honestly one of those moments where you just have faith in your players, though. Yeah, you have to. And Lynn said that he changed it, right? I remember he threw it. I don't know. We don't know. Oh, we get – we just – yeah. We – um. Well, so we had a timeout, so we go over there, and yeah, I wasn't in the huddle. I was drinking water. <laughs> we was I was drinking water. Drinking water. And so we we just now run play. We know when they call in a run get run play, we know everything about the run play. Pass play, we just get the protection. Mm-hmm. So I can't tell you anything about routes, but they called in pass play. We're like, all right, <laughs> let's do it. So perfect call. Credit to the coaches. Mm-hmm. They called. A great season, run game, pass game, did what we had to do to win. And that's that's so cool to see, like, in a game like that, how we, you know, maybe we weren't supposed to drive down like that. We weren't supposed to run the ball 99.9% of the time throughout the season, but we got it done. And I take a lot of pride in that where overcoming the odds is a lot more fun than being favored all the time mm-hmm. and blowing every team out and, there's no fun in that. I love being an underdog. You gotta love to be the underdog, man. Uh, it, it just you gotta be scrappy. You gotta f- always fight for everything you need, and when you get it, you deserve it. You know, what mm-hmm. I mean, it's not just handed to you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Earning it is a lot more fun than just getting it. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, big time. Also, speaking of like that last game, like honestly, the coaches did such an amazing job, literally switching up from like what three different play styles of Terry, and then had Sawyer, so we switched up, and then going to Lynn. Like it was just a huge switch up, and just having faith in the players that. 
like we could all get the job done and just being able to work with each other. So it's like when we got to that last game, it was just like we had complete faith in each other. Oh, yeah, we knew we could run the ball. We knew Lynn would score it out a couple yards no matter what. Mm-hmm. It, it, it was the way we stuck to a system when it was rocky, when the road was rocky, when mm-hmm. we lost to Tennessee. It was hard after that game to win out, but we did because we stuck to it. We had faith. We said, okay, this is what we got to get better at. This is how we're going to do it. And Time to go to work, man. We, yeah, and we because he had to, and I, and I, and I love that that happened because – the younger guys on the team see that that works. You can't have faith in that where maybe we're, some guys were doubting ourselves. We were doubting, dang, are we only going to win four games this year? Can we really go on and have a winning season, finish with eight wins, beat a good team in a bowl game? I, I, By I'm, only running the bowl. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> it's I'm, hard to do that. And playing outstanding defense. And we haven't done, I don't think we've talked about that enough. I think mm. we have, is it the longest streak now of 30 or less? Uh, I think I, it might be like a like top three. I know. No, I know it was us in Iowa for a while. I don't know if they gave up more than 30, but our defense has played incredible. Yeah. The young guys in the secondary stepped up big time. Mm-hmm. The veterans on the defensive front linebacker crew have done an outstanding job. Our coaches have done an incredible job. And we have, we had to have that with our style of offense. We had to have a defense that could give us the ball back, keep them to a limited amount of points because we chew time. Because we chew time. We're only going to have so many possessions each game. <clears throat> so, like I said, I, I, I'm, I hope that the, the young guys on the team can learn from that and learn from how we handled a loss, how we handled three losses in a row and bounce back from that and regathered, re- recouped ourselves. Along with putting in that extra work and all the other things that you guys did to, to get the season to where it ended, one of the things that everybody was talking about was the camaraderie that you guys did during the bye week, some of the stuff that the Coach Hood put in. You mentioned the defense. You kind of did some crossover stuff with a lot of guys. I'm wondering in that time or maybe this offseason, ha- did you meet some people on the other side of the ball or younger than you that you hadn't expected to become you know, close with that you ended up forming a, a real tight bond with? The f- a football team is 100 and some dudes from all over the place. Different backgrounds, different childhoods, different, you name it. And sometimes it's hard when you're not forced to learn about each other. Sometimes it's hard to do that because you feel uncomfortable about stepping into a group of guys that are different from you. And when they forced us, I I hate saying forced, but when they asked us to do that, I think a lot of guys learned there's more similarities than there are differences. And help me out on this. It, <clears throat> being able to uh, learn about different different guys, someone who's totally different than you. Mm-hmm. I didn't grow up in South Florida. Right. I don't know about those dudes. But we can get along. Right. I mean, we you, make jokes. I can make them laugh. They make yeah, me laugh. Yeah, for sure. I mean, honestly, at the, at the end of the day, it's, it's the same person as you. I mean, it's, it's just another human being. Uh, it's kind of cool to kind of, you know, hear about different people's backstories, how they grew up, hear kind of, you know, funny stories that people have uh, of growing up. And it kind of just makes, you know, the team bond stronger. You know what I'm saying? Uh, how I said earlier, like, it's a family. So, I mean, you don't really have a family without knowing them. So you got to really put yourself out there and really understand uh, some of people's circumstances and how they grew up. So it's just, it's kind of like, it was it was a pretty cool uh, experience and I, I'm pretty sure we're going to continue doing that uh, so our 
you know, team chemistry and team bond continues to strengthen. Obviously, though, you guys as offensive linemen have a, have a tight bond around each mm-hmm. other a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm curious if you, is there anything that you can share, Darian, that people would be surprised to know about about Drake? I'm sexy. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, every, well, the problem with that is everybody already knows that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't know, man. It's just kind of we're always in the weight room and we're always kind of on each other's heads sometimes, man. Uh, we always throw names at each other. I mean, it's not—it's all the love, man. It's not the hate. But uh, I think the best, the best one for Drake is probably a basketball eating cheeseburger walrus. That, I think that was the funniest one I've ever heard. And the first time I heard it, I think I died out laughing. Like was, we, <laughs> he's saying, we we flame each other. Yes. We flame each other. I mean, that's all he's got on me. I've got a million things I could throw at his head. I'm not going to do it. because they, they say I look like Maui. I get that a lot. That baby he, looks like, he looks like yeah. baby bash. Yeah, we were watching. Say, bro. We were, in, we were in the O-line room <laughs> before meeting once, and we were watching, like, old rap videos. Mm-hmm. And baby bash's Sugar Sugar came on. Yeah. And it was like Darian jumped on the screen. <laughs> I mean, and it doesn't yeah. help that he dresses like it's 2001 still. Oh, oh. It was like baggy Come pants. On. He's got the long curly hair. <laughs> it looks like a fat Roman Reigns. Look, look, look. That was before <laughs> I got I got a somewhat beard. All right. That, that was before. He looks like still baby bash. In. If you're uh, watching this. Come on now. Look at his look at look at him and then go look at Baby Bash and tell me it's not the same person. That's your uncle. I look better. I look more like Maui, bro. I, was, I, I, I don't know who that my is. <gasps> you never seen Moana, bro? No. <sighs> Tragic. And they, uh, some people say I look like Dwayne the Rock Johnson, man. Look like what? Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Who told you that? Your mama told you that because nobody else has ever told you people that. People told me that. No, they did not. What you mean? What do you mean? Like, bro, 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 bro. I'm telling you. I've asked Dotson, a couple other people in the way around. That's the problem. You're asking Dotson. Look, it, uh, I'm just saying, there's a couple people who agree. That's the problem. You're asking him. You're asking the wrong dude. <sighs> You're right. Apologies. <laughs> Anything else that we haven't covered so far that you just like to, to tell the fans about this upcoming season, uh, what you guys are trying to accomplish for spring game or anything else? I think usually in the spring, it's offense versus defense. Those are the two. Um, the, in the off season, the Kentucky football team turns into two football teams. It turns into the offensive Wildcats and turns into the defensive Wildcats. And we compete against each other hard. We want that competition to be back and forth. We want it to be throwing haymakers back at each other. We want the offense to hit a big play. We want the defense to make a great play. We want that to happen because that's how you get better. We don't want it to be one-sided. So we're going to go hard and make each other better. That's what's made the offensive line great. It's the fact that we've had great defensive linemen come through. Mm -hmm. And that's what's made them great because we've had great offensive linemen come through. That's what's made receivers better. Everybody. So... That's kind of our mentality. That's how it always is. I think it's better now because we understand that. Because you saw how, and during times during the season, we relied on the offense to give the defense a break and to move the ball, flip the field. We relied on the defense to get a quick turnaround, get a turnover, yep. get the get their offense off the field. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's it's a um, it's good competition where we can look each other in the eye after practice and say, okay, I made you better and you made me better. Thank you. You know, that's so important. And he, he'll agree with me because he had to go against some really good edge guys in practice. Yep. Josh Allen, Boogie. That's how you get better. You don't get better. You know, of course you can get better doing drills, Mm -hmm. watching film, studying your playbook, but 
you get better the most competing. by getting those live reps and competing. Mm-hmm. And it is a competition. You can come to a practice and it'll feel like a live situation going on because we're going hard. And that's what's made us great. Right. I mean, yeah, the biggest thing is uh, competing. I mean, we're all going to do our best to, you know, give each other 100%. Like, afterwards, I'm going to be like, hey, you beat me on that play, but I got you on this one. And they're going to be like, yeah. And I'll sometimes give pointers to, you know, some of the DN guys, D, the rudger, like rushers. Um, I'll be like, yo, be a little more patient with your hands because if I give you a fake, you're going to throw them, throw them too early. And I, I just kind of, we kind of go back and forth and we always want to see each other improve and grow. And then if I see them beat me with what I taught them, that's like, hey, you got better. Like, that's good. And now I got to work on figuring out how to beat that. <coughs> so we all just, it's all, it's just a big game of winning and losing and then improving upon that loss. Like, there's never a time where you lose. You you learn. Yeah, there's two ways to look at it. You can look at it as, me, for example, I can look at it as, dang, I got to go against Quentin Bohanna today. One of the best D tackles in the SEC. And then when he gets tired, Marquand McCall gets to come in and I get to go against him. Or I can look at it as, I get to go against Q. I get to go against Marquand, and I I get to get better. I get to lose a rep so I can learn from it. I get to gain experience from those reps, and that's important. You yeah, don't want to win every rep. I you practice. don't learn a lot from winning, man. No, you, you learn don't. a lot more from losses. And it's a great thing that we have guys that can beat us. Mm-hmm. And they can beat a lot of other dudes in the SEC too, which is awesome. Yeah, and they can beat you at your best. It's not like... Yes, you're right. And like I have a lot of respect for those two guys. I singled them out, but it's across the board. Mm-hmm. And we have great... I mean, even even blocking linebackers, Oates, Square, Jamin, those guys are coming along and they give us a run, you know, a run for our money every time. They bang, man. They hit hard. They hit very hard. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, thank you so much for your time, and uh, looking forward to seeing you this spring and then eventually watching you out on the, the spring game. Absolutely, thank you. Thank you for having us, man.